This is Steve Tamayo, and we are here in our makeshift studio at Chatham Mills with Jay and Holly Anderson. Hey, hi. Say, say hi, Holly and Jay. <laughs> hi, hi, Holly and Jay. Hi, Holly and Jay. Hi, Steve. Awesome. Hi, Steve. Awesome. Uh, Holly and Jay have agreed to come into the studio to share a little bit about what it looks like to be on the way with Jesus in marriage. Because married life shapes our journey with Jesus if we're married, and it shapes the journey of Jesus for our friends and family members if they are married. And it also changes our our married life. Uh, journeying with Jesus changes the way we experience marriage. And uh, Holly and Jay have been married for a really, really, really ridiculously long time. Uh, How long have you all been together? Together? Uh, Married. Married. Married 51 years. 51 Mm -hmm. years. But we've known each other longer than that. Yeah? Mm -hmm. How how did you meet? How did you meet? Ah, that's a good question. So we met in high school, and specifically we met in choir. Okay. Music has always been part of our lives. And... um, so we started dating in uh, senior uh, seniors in high school. Went away to college together. Got married freshman in college. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. So you have experienced a lot of life's transitions in married life. So you know, for folks who get married in their thirties, they've already done the college, starting their career sort of right. thing. But mm-hmm. so getting married freshman year in college, you got to experience that whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Correct. And college, from what I understand, was an extended experience <laughs> because of all of the degrees, not not for anything other than that. So, yeah. so Jay, talk a little bit about kind of what you did for work, what your background is. Well, when we were in college, I was uh, pre-dental school. Um, I, for some reason, I chose to do it in two years, the whole pre-dent, pre-med curriculum. You did that to yourself? Yes. Okay. So I was um, basically carrying a, almost a double load. In addition to being married? Well, the we got married halfway through freshman year, okay. so yes. So, and then working as well. So, you know, it was... You look back on it and wonder how you did that, but at the time it really didn't seem like a big deal. But what it did mean is we, I, we, well, both of us, I guess, sort of missed out on what most people would think of the college life. Okay. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of time to do a whole lot of the, you know, um, parties. Yeah, or or being in uh, yeah. uh, fraternities, fraternities, sororities, sororities things no, like that. Right. that. Football games, yeah. basketball games. Occasional, so but not a lot. Um, we we sang together with my best friend in a, a trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was back in the late 60s, so it was Peter, Paul, and Mary type of stuff. Um, and we were pretty busy with that. We were a fairly popular group, so... You know, that was something we did together even before we got married. So. Okay. Yeah. And, and Holly, so, so Jay is in pre-dental school. You're studying, what, what, what did you study in college? I don't think I've ever heard that. Oh, all right. Well, we were both actually art minors. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So we also have had that in common. Yeah. And, uh, and then as uh, things progressed and Jay got into dental school after two years, and we had a child by that time. Uh, Jay entered dental school, and I went to work full time. So I did not finish my degree at that point. 
And so dental school was four years, although you did it in like three and a half, three and a half, and went right into uh, dental practice. Wow. Okay. And can we start talking about the marriage? Because right about then was when things really were falling apart with our marriage. Yeah. So what would you like to share about that? That'd be really interesting. Okay. Well, we were churchgoers. But we did not um, understand. We Jesus people we, we were by not. any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So church for you was something that you did because you were supposed to do? That's right. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was the mascot of church or not someone that you had a personal, interactive, love-filled relationship with no. at the center of your marriage? He was... Right. Okay. Yeah. No, and... It was just part of our family. We were mm-hmm. Lutheran to go to church on Sundays, and my dad played the organ and all that kind of thing. But I never heard the gospel, never, uh, until I was 23, 24 years old. So I was not a good person, certainly not a good husband. I, I really didn't take care of Holly or our uh, children, and I was spending my time working studying, playing in a rock and roll band, drag racing, and any kind of trouble I could get into, which was not good for the marriage. And we were basically expecting to be divorced about the once I finished dental school. Okay. That was kind of a, an expectation or a plan, or you're just reading the tea leaves and you're like, this is where this is headed? Yes. I, I think... To me, it was almost, in fact, I ran into one of my dental school graduate um, uh, contemporaries the year after uh, I graduated, and he came up to me all excited. And in fact, he lived next door to us in college, too. And he said, Jay, are you and Holly still married? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, no, you're the only one. Oh, wow. In our whole class. class. Yeah. Okay. But that's because the Lord had intervened yeah, so, so, right in there. So tell me how that happened. How did the Lord get involved there? Like what, what did he do? Hmm. Well, we had such a need at, at that time, and I wanted the marriage to work. Um, but Jay's nodding here too, just so everyone knows. Yeah. So he, he wanted it to work also. Well, both of our parents were married Till they died. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is definitely in the back of your mind mm-hmm. and has an Im- uh, impact on how you uh, view that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to d- um, disappoint my grandfather or my parents, and I was scared to death of Holly's dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you both wanted the marriage to work out. We did, but we did not have the tools. We didn't know where to turn. But um, at that time, and so this was in 1973, we had our daughters and one um, more on the way. And um, my sister, in fact, invited us to come hear her sing in a choir. Well, it was the choir of a Billy Graham crusade. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. So we went, and actually that day uh, was the day I was due with our third born, but we went anyway. And um, 
really heard the gospel for the first time. And I remember turning to Jay saying, I'm going down there because there had been a, you know, one of those fully pregnant, fully pregnant and our two little girls in tow. So 20,000 people there. Yeah. This was at a stadium. We must have been 50 (laughs) rows up. Oh, wow. Uh, And they they didn't give you like priority priority seating. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I have to admit, I, I wasn't going to go up there, but you know, here she is about to pop. (laughs) And with the two little kids, who were, I think Ashley was a toddler. and yeah. uh, Two and four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, well, I'll go up. And so I did. The prospect of being yeah. in a stadium <laughs> with two toddlers <laughs> by yourself, you're like, forget it. I'll give with my life to Jesus. Yeah. I'd rather give my yeah. life to Jesus than be in the stadium uh, taking right. care of these two toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> but it was impressive to me that... Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so many people that went forward. We were with one counselor. We were with a counselor with at least 30 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of personal one-on-one, but we, of course, each got a Gospel of John <laughs> and um, things like that. And So yeah. for folks who aren't familiar with the Billy yes. Graham crusade, typically what will happen is there will be a, a musical performance some sort of Christian music, a choir. I heard Charlie Daniels there once. Yeah, that's so kind of Christian music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Billy Graham gets up and he gives up usually a short but very Very. powerful message and then invites people to come forward to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And when you come forward, there are people who've been trained for months beforehand to have a conversation so that you really understand what it is that you're committed to. And... They give you a resource to help you. In, in your case, sounds like it was the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what they gave out at the crusade where I was mm-hmm. a counselor as well. Mm-hmm. And and they invite you to some follow-up activities or something like that. I, I don't know if they – that may be something that they started doing right. since the crusade No, they didn't for this. They, okay. I don't know how okay. they would have done it. Okay, so you go down and you're talking to the counselor. And we made that commitment to, to follow Christ. And um, I would say – Especially for me, everything changed. Everything changed. It. it uh, I had hope, finally. I had some hope, and I felt like I had some tools. And once again, at that time, because my sister was there, my best friend had invited us. So God was moving in our families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some... So, so if you could, can drill down a little bit, what are some practical tools that you picked up? What are some things that made you feel hopeful after that day? Well, I remember I started reading the Bible and um, someone guided me on marriage principles. Um, That helped. And at at some point we started going to a different church. So can I grab that first idea of someone guiding you to marriage principles? Mm. Because the gospel of John doesn't start in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And if you don't want your husband Mm -hmm. to feel disrespected, then you need to show him respect. (laughs) And if you don't want your wife to feel unloved, like Mm. the Bible, it's the gospel of John's not actually written as a series of marriage principles. Sometimes it takes some person who's a little bit more experienced on the way 
to point that out. That's right. Like this is how this applies in, in marriage. So you had someone do that for you. And that's something that you all have done for couples right. a lot over mm-hmm. the last mm-hmm. 40 years. Well, we were, for, we're from Minneapolis and it's okay. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing that was really nice about that is, uh, first of all, there was a great church there mm-hmm. that we uh, joined right away. Cause we actually, we told our, a Lutheran pastor that what we had done, and he was mortified. Oh, like you had done something really embarrassing. Yes. Like um, worn white after Labor Day. He's oh, like, oh. Well, he even went and got a little uh, pamphlet, and I won't tell you what it was called because that might offend some people, but it was um, basically you've really gone off the rails here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, kind of like so, pulling you away from what he thought was maybe an unhealthy fundamentalism or... Perhaps. Or, he, that was his... Like he, he, he's worried that you had yeah. joined a cult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess so, yeah. something like that. So the thing about being in the Minneapolis area is, uh, of course, Billy Graham's um, headquarters used to be there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. and he was at Northwestern... Bible College, yes. uh-huh. um, and so which is actually St. Paul, but you know Twin Cities. Um, but because of that, there were big time speakers coming to give conferences all the time, mm-hmm. and there were there was one uh, I forget the organization, but they brought in marriage speakers two or three a year, the, all the big-name people, Smalley and Dobson and Howard Hendricks and all. So we started getting this mm-hmm. teaching right away, and our marriage must have changed in a very visible way because non-Christians even started approaching us for um, marriage counseling. And you're like, I've only been following yeah. Jesus for three months or six months or a year it, did you feel unqualified or oh, yes. or did oh, you have sure. this because sure. you had a you know what sometimes people call it a medical marriage right where, uh-huh. where like you're, you're used to being the doctor and like yeah. having that kind of exactly. authority did you feel like all right I'm just going to be you know I'm and now gonna... we're the expert yeah. but I I was pretty transparent about it because I would get out my notes or my booklet from the conference that I thought sort of applied to what this person was asking Yeah, which I think that's a really helpful thing, particularly in marriage, because it models it models learning. So it's not Mm -hmm. it's not it's not that Mm -hmm. I'm the expert. I know what to do. I have it all figured out. It's that I didn't know, and I've learned. I didn't used to have my stuff together. I'm heading in that direction. Mm -hmm. This is the path I took. You can journey with me on the way to Jesus, Mm -hmm. on the way with Jesus. And and there's something I think. That it requires a lot of humility to do that because it can be very flattering to the ego mm. for people to say, Holly, you're so great. You're so wise. Tell me out of your boundless store of wisdom. And for you to say, well, I was reading this book by someone who's not me. <laughs> or I went to this conference and the speaker yeah. was someone who's not me, me. Mm-hmm. and I learned this, which mm-hmm. I didn't know before, and it helped me stop doing this thing that was really destructive. You know, like that takes a lot of security in Christ and confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really helped too at first, the we somehow knew that we should be serving somehow. Yes. 
Um, now, the church had a coffee house. This was back in the days of coffee houses, and it would fill up with kids on Friday nights. And so we were still doing folk music together, just the two of us. So we learned a bunch of Christian songs, and I started <laughs> writing Christian songs. And so we'd play at that a lot. But then we, I met with the pastor a lot because I hated dentistry, and I didn't quite know what to do. And I confided in him that I felt like I wanted to go to seminary. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think happens a lot sometimes when people become Christians. It's like, well, I just, I got to be a pastor. Um, and he gave me wise uh, um, counsel. counsel, yeah. Um, and he said, um, well, we'll... We'll talk about that. What does your dad think about that? Well, my dad's a dentist, okay. which is why I became a dentist ah. and was in practice with him. And he knew that I was unhappy, and Holly knew that I was unhappy. So uh, we had Carl Rodmacher from Western Conservative Baptist, who's a Dallas theological guy, um, come and speak at, a, I think, a mission conference mm-hmm. or something. So I, I had talked to him, and he he said, come on out and go to seminary out in Portland, which is where Holly's from. And so long story short, that didn't happen because I had uh, debt from dental school, and I wasn't just going to leave that and go to seminary. And some people said to me, and we'd already been Christians now by a couple of years, uh, said, just step out in faith. God will take care of that debt. And I did not feel good about that. So we put our house up for sale so that the profit would pay off those loans and waited for it to happen. And I quit dental practice. We lived for months with no, without me working. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. one of the ways we made it is we sang at uh, conferences and things at churches, and they would uh, do a just love do offering. a love offering yeah. or something. So school started out in Portland without me. And about two weeks later, we played at a big mission conference. Well, I shouldn't say big, at a little tiny church out in Mound, Minnesota, where they make Tonka toys. Oh, That's okay. the whole town. Yeah. Okay. So after we did our couple of nights there, I got a call from the pastor and he said, uh, we need a youth pastor. Our youth pastor just left. Plus, St. Paul Bible College is in the next town. Why don't you enroll in St. Paul Bible College and become our youth minister? So we prayed about it, said yes. The house sold. Mm-hmm. Right away. <laughs> yeah, wow. like days later. And wow. so paid off the debt. And God made it clear to me I wasn't to go to seminary at yeah. least at Western Conservative. Right. So anyway, from there, uh, I ended up actually, long story, going back to medical school. Mm-hmm. Can, um, can I pause there for just yeah. a second? So there's a, an interesting thing that jumps out to me in your story, and this is something I think that shows up a lot in as we follow Jesus and have, all, for those of us who've also made marriage commitments, mm-hmm. is that the marriage commitment becomes this Thing that our other commitments navigate around. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things like that that happen in life. Um, d- dental, dental school debt was one of those things mm-hmm. where 
where your requirement to to pay your debts, the expectation, the um, the ethics around that yes. shaped what sort of options were available to Absolutely. you. And I think a lot of people experience that in marriage where mm. their commitment to their spouse shapes what options are available to them. And it's really encouraging for me to hear that the Lord can continue to navigate us toward a life of meaning, purpose, destiny, impact, even as we've made these other commitments, maybe even before we started following him. The dental school debt came before you started mm-hmm. following Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, the marriage commitment came before you started following Jesus. And he's able to incorporate all of this and to make it positive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a really big outside mm-hmm. of the, you know, so, so Holly, I, I have to right. imagine that for you, you married yes. Jay the dentist. Yes. And and then a few years yeah. later you are married to the student. The student Again. youth pastor. Yeah. Singing for a supper. Right. What was that experience right. like for you spiritually? Uh there certainly was a lot of insecurity. And but God was so faithful during those times, every step of the way of providing. And um, we just did it together because that's a commitment is you do you do that together. And um, one of the really cool things, so we um, after a couple of years of, of that, um, we moved to Los Angeles. Jay did an anesthesia residency and how God provided for that. So now we are leaving our families who are there in Minnesota and moving across the country. Yes. Another big adventure. And, you know, if I can make a little joke here, you know, it's, it's, not uncommon for a youth pastor to put someone to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh know, yeah, that, that was a lot of a lot of pastors put people to sleep with our preaching. <laughs> it's something really special for someone who yeah. who was a pastor to learn to put someone to sleep for the sake of surgery. And I think you always would say that when you preached. Well, right? People would say, "Oh, you're going to preach? Good, you'll put us to sleep." And I'll say, "No, my goal is to wake you up." Yes. Uh-huh. Awesome. Right. That, you know, yeah. and that's that's the mark of a good <laughs> anesthesiologist. Yeah. Any yeah. anesthesiologist can put you to sleep. A good one can wake you back right. up. Yeah. 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 So, so along the way, um, God was so faithful. And that was a wonderfully growing experience for us as a family, as as a couple, to see when we step out, God shows up. So... Um, Yep, we um, two years in a uh, couple of years in Los Angeles. God provided. Um, Jay was asked to be youth pastor there, or really a co-pastor at mm-hmm. the church there. And in exchange for um, his service to the church, uh, all three of our kids got to go to their Christian school for free. Oh, that's fantastic! And. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It was just one thing after another. God saying, "Yeah, you're you're right. This is this is the path. Yeah. This is the path." And it was transitioning from um, a paid sort of ministry position, although our paid wa- pay was one hundred and thirty five dollars a month, and a <laughs> but, parsonage, and a parsonage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But uh-huh. uh, transitioning from that to uh, what he really loved, which was medicine. Yeah. And. Um, so 
Anyway. Um, well, and, and there is something, I think, the journey that, that you all had is, you know, so, so, so far we've talked quite a bit about how um, kind of Jay's career mm-hmm. projection has shaped the journey that you've had together. Yes, it has. It's not necessarily the way you would have gone if you were by yourself, right. Holly. Right. Um, and if the Lord hadn't intervened, if your marriage had split apart, it's probably not the direction that your life would have gone uh, you know, had you mm-hmm. had you been a single mom, and and yet it's been really good, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard these stories of, of it yes. being really, really good. There is one one question I was wanting to ask as we wind down. These things always go so much faster than you think. So there's one question I wanted to ask, <laughs> and then I want to close with something. Okay. So there are all kinds of spiritual disciplines that people find mm-hmm. helpful. Some of them I've noticed are more helpful for folks when they're single, more helpful for folks, you know, if they're, if they're widowed, more helpful for folks, if they have small kids in the home, what are some spiritual practices that have been helpful for you all as a married couple, either for you individually Mm -hmm. in your marriage Mm -hmm. or for you as a couple engaging together? Well, uh, if I could just start that about, because I've always admired Jay's uh, discipline of of we would qu- call it quiet time. Yeah, yeah. And um, early in the morning. Early in the morning, and we were um, called uh, called to Chapel Hill and anesthesia practice. All, all of that means getting up really early, right? You have surgery; it's early. Yeah. So Jay would get up four uh, thirty in the morning and have his quiet time and pray over his patients and pray for his just abilities and for God to intervene. And so I've always admired that about him. So we both have a quiet time and it's now it's real easy because we're um, retired. On the other hand, you still have to be disciplined about it. So that for me is, has been one, but the other discipline has certainly been serving and teaching and teaching not um, we've, done like 30 years of, of um, mission work, part-time mission work. And whenever you're studying to teach, you learn so much. So um, that's, to me, been a, a lot of, uh, that's taken discipline on my part. Yeah. Well, and you all have particularly trained pastors around mm-hmm. the, yes. the globe. In, now, in Africa, right. Yeah. And, and there's something really interesting about that. Not, not everyone is able to... No to do that. Uh, You guys have a particular set of skills that the Lord has given you, but finding a place that you can serve and serve together, Mm -hmm. right? So Jay, you would teach gospel of John acts and acts, right? Marriage courses we taught together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and Holly, you would do Mm -hmm. like, like a therapy training or pastoral care. Yes. I was in the counseling Counseling, department, which, um, I did go back and, and get my, um, master's degree. So not in counseling so much, but, um, it was uh, a good, uh, way to, to teach, um, the pastors about, and I did some, um, some courses that to help the pastors in their counseling, um, their churches. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's been a um, a so real blessing find, to do it together. To together. Right, and that's what I would have said. The first thing, as far as a discipline, and I think it is a discipline, is what Chip Ingram calls commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yeah. in a marriage. Yes. So you know, not only do we do the music at the 
um, coffee house, but the pastor also did us the favor of having us teach junior high Sunday school oh, yeah. at that big church. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. That's the deep end. If you can make it there, you can make yeah. it anywhere. And then, you know, it went there from the youth pastor thing, of course, is not one person. That's something we did together. The, I've really seen that. Blake and Christina. Christina yeah. is mm. is such a huge support yes. sure. to him yes, and to the right. ministry. That ministry couldn't it happen. Is, it is, right. does take both and of you. And both yeah. churches I was youth pastor at, we had the youth meetings in our home. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, uh, and then, you know, we'd go on camping trips and do all the usual uh, stuff as well. But then it went from there to uh, teaching marriage courses to a men's ministry to um, and then teaching together in in Africa, doing mission projects in Dominican Republic, etc. So there's always been a strong emphasis of co-mission, mm-hmm. which keeps us m- working together. Yeah, well, and you know something I've noticed as I've observed you guys over the last five years is that you have both that co-mission space and you have. Your individual areas. So Holly mm-hmm. serves on our leadership team. She's directed the welcome team for years and years. She follows up with people who visit our North Chatham campus. So if you've been a visitor there, you've probably gotten an email from Holly. That's right. And <laughs> Jay serves on the worship team. And so you found these places where you're serving on your own, but you also have a small group that meets in That's your right. home mm-hmm. that you you have different roles in the small group, but it's something that you do together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that that is something really special to continue to find a way to be together. To be together, I, I think so. And and through our fifty years, fifty one years, um, we have both found equal value in what the other is doing. And just because he was the doctor, you know, um, he. F- always would give me equal value of keeping yeah. things running and 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 vice versa. And I think that's so important. That that goes a long way when you're in the throes of really tough, painful, difficult, unfulfilling stuff. Whatever is going on in your life, your partner is there to say, I appreciate what you're doing here to making it work during it's, this. It's the thing that I hope my kids pick up. Yes. Is is when they're married someday, if they're married someday I hope they learn to show, not just to feel, but to show respect mm-hmm. to the person that they're married to. Because so often we take advantage of that person who's closest to us and we treat them with a harshness we wouldn't treat anyone else. And that, that mm. respect, I mean, Paul teaches that, that love and respect yes. are at the center of Absolutely. the union that we experience between uh-huh. husband and wife. Well, as we close, I was wondering, you know, and, and Holly, I, I think you'd be up for this, I was wondering... Uh, you had a wedding in the family yes. relatively recently. Yes, I was wondering if you would be willing. You you uh. enca- you caught up some of mm. your wisdom, hard fought but very insightful wisdom about marriage in the homily that you delivered at the wedding. Okay, uh, I know some of it was in French because <laughs> the wedding was in <laughs> France. France, yes, <laughs> we come from France. <laughs> yeah, so somewhere, but. Uh, so I was wondering if you'd be willing to share all or, or some of that homily okay. just to, to close us out. Would you oh, be willing to do I'd, that? I'd love to. So my premise was when I was speaking to um, our fourth child, Gabe, who married Caroline, um, who is French, this past uh, summer. 
And I said, marriage is a lifelong commitment of unconditional love to an imperfect person. That came from one of our our teaching. So um, first of all, what is a lifelong commitment? It's... um, I love this verse in Hebrews 13:5 where God says to his people, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's that's lifelong. And as Jay and I have found, it's real easy to be committed when things are going well, but we find out where our commitment is when things are hard or unfulfilling or painful. And but it's such a beautiful example of how God loves us when we fail, he loves us still. And then second Dairy is not just a lifelong commitment, but it's a lifelong commitment of unconditional love. And we just heard that just in the sermon uh, last week, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, patient, kind, not self-seeking, meaning it's not all about me and my uh, what my desires are, and certainly forgiveness. And uh, we all need mutual forgiveness. So um, as we've tried in our marriage is um, be the first one to say, I'm sorry. Mm. And then finally, marriage is intended to be a way in which a man and a woman help each other become what God meant each one to be. And that's a challenge because we're married to an imperfect person. So if we accept this and not expect to reform or change our partner, we do help them to become all that they were created to be. So... That is essentially what my um, homily in in this big 12th century French church uh, said, and at the very end, and I'm just giving the glory to God here, um, they clapped. It was almost as though some of of those um, wonderful scripture and, and concepts were everybody related to, so... Um, that was a, a real privilege to be asked by our, our son and daughter-in-law to, to do that. A lifelong commitment of unconditional love mm-hmm. to an imperfect person. Amen. That's what Jesus has for us. That's what we have in marriage. That's great, Holly. That'll preach. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you.